Happy New Year. As I was praying into this year, um, I saw the number 24 in 2024 stand out to me as we have 24 hours in a day and 24 hours in our circadian rhythm. The circadian rhythm is our body's internal clock in our brain which regulates our sleep-wake cycle every 24 hours. And then I heard the body clock. In 2024, we, the body of Christ, have a fresh clock in sync with heaven's rhythm this year. There's a new grace to break harmful cycles, destructive cycles, and generational curse cycles. I want to declare that there will be an end point and a full stop to them in the name of Yeshua. There's a grace for restorative cycles with the mind, body, and spirit. A breakthrough year and a fresh freedom to dream with the Lord as families and an endurance in prayer. For us to be a pure and spotless bride, a holy temple for his glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Hey, if that resonates with your heart, just put your hand out where, where you're sitting. If there have been cycles, as 24 represents the 24-hour cycle, we're in 2024. We've been here on this property, 24. We want, to, we want to step into this word for this new year that things that have been lingering, cycle after cycle, personally, as a family, in your mind, inward and outward, that this would, there's a grace for those things to break. So I just pray for those harmful and destructive cycles this year to be broken over your life. Generational cycles that have been after your inheritance to be broken so that we can be set free. And God would replace it with a new restorative cycle over you. A breakthrough year, freedom to dream and endure in prayer. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you, Sarah. So wonderful. I love the prophetic. I love the prophetic stirring and the prophetic voice and the word in the beginning of the year that gives us like an anchor. And I love tuning my heart to the prophetic. And in the beginning of the year, it's also a time to partner with God in the prophetic. And you don't have to be a prophet to, to tune into the prophetic. Prophetic is really, God, what are you speaking to me? That's it. And when you hear it, that's the prophetic word. We'd call it that. And it's a time in the beginning of the year. In scriptures, it says that he crowns the year, the beginning of the year with his goodness and the paths, our paths, his paths overflow with goodness. And that happens in the beginning. What he crowns in the beginning of the year begins to impact the path of our life for the rest of the year. So tune in to the flow. Tune in to what he's speaking to us in this beginning starting season. It's a time to partner with God for renewed vision. And I want to speak over us prophetically getting into the, the core message for this morning. It's a time to stir up that God within, the prophetic spirit. It's a time to realign and recalibrate. It's a time to enter into a zone of new, renewed expectation with God. And it's a time, like Sarah said, it's a time to dream with God again. So enter into a fresh cycle. Enter into a renewed cycle of the rhythm of the, of the, of the time frame of God. Like our, and I pray that our circadian rhythm, our rhythmic cycles weekly, Daily, weekly, seasonally will be overlapped by the eternal rhythm of God and the time frame of God. Thank you, Lord. 
And the word that I, the Lord spoke to me for, over us for this year is be fruitful and multiply. This was the first promise that was spoken to us as a people, as human beings from God. Be fruitful and multiply. You see, by the grace of God, we have been fruitful. God has come to us in his faithfulness year after year, decade after decade, season after season. We have testimonies of the goodness of God. There's fruit here, evident, mature fruit in our community. But the word of the Lord is coming to us in 2024 saying, be not only fruitful, in addition to being fruitful, the word of the Lord is coming to us saying, multiply. There's a grace to multiply. Let grace, 2 Peter says, let grace and peace be multiplied to you. So I just pray that over us in Jesus' name. Multiply to the left and to the right. You know, the phrase God is in the delay is a good phrase, but it has a shelf life, a certain term and a point of maturation. I want to declare in 2024 that delay the things that have been in a holding pattern, things that you haven't seen, you've been praying and contending for, but you haven't seen the overflow, you haven't seen the breakthrough, and the word has come to encourage us before that God is in the delay. But I want to speak to us today that delay is making way for a holy urgency. My brother prophesied this, uh, Sarah's brother, Nehemiah, who's in Spokane, prophesied this at the end of, end of last year, that there's a time for preparation, and then they, there's a seasons of preparation where there's a delay, and we're contending, we're waiting, we're being faithful, and we are in that time being prepared inside out. There is that time for being for preparation, but then there comes a point of time when you have to stand prepared. The holy urgency is separating those who are still being prepared from those who are prepared for such a time as this. There's new unfamiliar paradigms that bring with it the joy of discovery. So don't fear or doubt new paradigms. So life center, continue being fruitful, but now multiply. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 1, as we partner with the prophetic word of God, in Jeremiah 1, 11, God speaks to Jeremiah and he says, Jeremiah, I have called you to be a prophet to the nations and I have put my word in your mouth. And Jeremiah begins to fumble and say, wait, 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 hold up, can't wait for me. And he says, well, I can't, I'm young and I don't even know all those things. And God is so kind. He says, okay, you don't know how to prophesy. You don't know how to do those things. He just says, what do you see, Jeremiah? Is that so simple? What do you see? You don't have to be a prophet to, to be a prophet. What do you see, Jeremiah? You don't have to prophesy. You can be young. Whatever your limitations are, just tell me, what do you see? And Jeremiah says, I see the branch of an almond tree. And God replies, says, you have seen rightly, I am about to perform my word. You see, the almond tree when we lived in Cyprus, we, we lived up on a mountain and we would, we would drive up the mountain almost every day. And there's this incredible, beautiful valley and the valley is full of almond trees. Right after winter and before spring, before the new green is budding all around, the almond tree blossoms. It is the first fruit 
of spring. And it speaks of something that is yet to come while it is still winter. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an olive tree. God says, you have seen rightly. I am about to perform my word. We are entering into 2024. There's a new cycle of breaking through, coming into the things that you have been being prepared for until now. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know about you. Peter and I, we feel the joy in us right now. So when Sarah asked me, what, what are you feeling for this new year? I didn't tell her. But then later she told, when she, what, the word she shared about the, word, the, the number 24 is highlighted from 2024 for her. It was the, the circadian rhythm. And for me, the Lord spoke to me the exact same thing, 24. And for me, it wasn't the circadian rhythm. It was Psalm 24. And that's going to be our text for this morning. And this is a word for us. I'm going to stay in this prophetic vein and hopefully at the end enter into a little bit of activation to encourage us. Psalm 24 is a word of encouragement for us in the year of our Lord 2024. And there are three segments in this psalm, in this chapter. The first segment is a declaration. Then there's an invitation. At the end, it's just all glory. And it begins with this in verse one. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. There's, there's not a more sweeping statement of God's absolute and sovereign authority and control of the entire world. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell therein. This is an election year for our nation, which has ripple effect literally to the entire globe. What happens here in the next eight, nine months has significant impact globally. It has significant impact spiritually. Things are going to get worse. All you know what could break through. All hell could break through. I'm not prophesying that it will, but I'm just saying what I see. What do you see, Chandi? I see all hell. <laughs> Jeremiah had a better vision. But what I see in our culture is not going to help me from here to the end of the year. We are called to be a people in the midst of a culture that is spiraling rapidly out of control, we are called to be a people who will have a different narrative. What do you see? What do you see? It's still winter. It's still bleak. It's getting looking worse. It's getting colder. What do, but what do you see? I see the branch of an almond tree. You see, the narrative of our culture, it'll keep going spiraling, Worse and worse and worse. Last year, our kids go to a Christian school. As parents, we had to step in and we were part of firing the principal. Christian school. Because we said, nope, not here. That agenda, not here. Later in the year, later in the year, we were part of helping to fire a English teacher. That agenda, not here. 
She had given a poetry assignment to seventh graders from a poet from back in the 70s. I told Charles, I forgot the name of the poet. I'd read it. I could not believe it. I copied and pasted excerpts from this seven or eight page long poetry. I copied and pasted vulgar. I mean, it just got, I have never seen words like this before. Phrases and sentences for seventh graders. I copied and pasted them into a new email and send it to the administrator, send it to the principal, send it to the board. And next day, my friends went and said, hey, did you, I was going to go later in the morning, next, that morning. And they, I told some of the other parents, they showed up and said, hey, did you get Chandi's email? And they said, no, we didn't get Chandi's email. The email system had flagged my email that had quoted the poetry from the teacher of the school. By the end of the day, she was fired. You see, I'm not aggressive against the people. I want them to meet the Lord. But the systems of this world is at war and it's at the doorstep. It's not far. It's not distant. It's at the doorstep. It's in some of our homes. What are we going to do about it? What is the, what, what is the hope that we have? We are not, our narrative is not the declining nature of our culture. Our narrative is rooted in eternity. We are not going from, how do we get from here? God, how can you redeem? No, our narrative starts in eternity. The reality of God's glory is eternity, and we're working backwards. Thank you, Lord. Scriptures say that eternity is hidden in our hearts. And we are called to be revelators of the eternal narrative so that we live in hope as we see a declining culture. We, as a people of God, have a narrative filled with hope. Regardless, I see the branch of an, olive, of an almond tree. So this verse, the earth is the Lord's, is going to be for me this year in our election year, is going to be a continual rehearsal. As I see things going down, I know that I will not have any source of hope in that. I'm going to keep saying, God, this, the earth is the Lord's. Harrisburg is the Lord's. Our capital city is the Lord's. Pennsylvania, the keystone state of America, is the Lord's. The nation of America is the Lord's. The government system is the Lord's. The electoral system is the Lord's. The polling booths is the Lord's. Republicans and Democrats are the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Meaning everybody, the left and the right, the righteous, the unrighteous, the sacred, the secular, everything belongs to the Lord. Are you for us or are you for them? I'm the captain of the armies of God. You see, the narrative is so different. We want to know, God, are you for us, them? He steps in and takes over. Who's going to follow him? Who's going to follow in the wake of the arrival of God? And we're called to be a people that are revelators of that eternal reality. That reality that is hidden in our hearts will be a continual confession. Scriptures say that, that by the church, God will reveal mysteries to powers and principalities. We. Thank you, Lord. He'll recalibrate this narrative. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness therein. 
In the beginning, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning. Again, he's establishing his absolute sovereign authority. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. As you hear of corruption, deception, unrighteousness in our nation, everything belongs to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Matthew 24, another 24, it says, you'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass. Are you hearing of wars, rumors of wars? These things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. This is part of God's plan. It doesn't make sense for us. We want the peace of God. We want the solutions of God. We want the redemption of God to be, begin to be seen. And that's what we're going to continue to pray for until Yeshua, Jesus, returns to the earth. But until that time, you'll continue to hear about wars, rumors of wars, nations rising up against another nation. But our narrative is not that. He says, you'll see these things. It must come to pass. But when you see them, that doesn't declare that the end is near. It says... And, but the end is not yet. Then, a few verses down in Matthew 24, 14, then this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. You see how he changes the narrative? Oh, nations are fighting. That means it should, it's, it, we are in. No, that's not our, our narrative. It's where's the gospel? going? Where is the gospel reaching? What is the stories and the testimonies of the good news of the salvation of Jesus to the ends of the earth? Where are our youth going on mission trips? Where are, where do we see the revelation of the gospel of Christ around the earth? That is a sign of what is to come. Thank you, Lord. And we have to be part of that narrative in the midst of a depriving culture. He has sovereign claim over the earth and its destiny. You see, having this narrative is not going to be easy. You might be persecuted increasingly for being a believer in America. I'm not prophesying it. I'm just, what do you see, Chandi? But that persecution is not new. When Jesus himself came and lived among us and stood in front of the people and spoke his words, they contended with him. They abused him. They persecuted him. And they dishonored him. I was reading John 8. And I was stunned by, I've read this before in passing as casual conversation, but I could not move. I got distracted preparing for the message from this chapter. He's communicating to them that he was sent. The father has sent me and I have come to set you free. And the father bears witness of who I am and the authority that I carry to set you free. And they began every word. They began contending, questioning, and persecuting him. And here's what they said. You bear witness to yourself. 
your witness. This is what they said. Your witness is not true. Can you imagine the heartache of Jesus? He's here. He's engaging in actual conversation. And he's speaking that the Father has sent me to you. To set you free. And I bear witness of that. And he bears witness of me. And they say, your witness is not true. And then he says, I'm come to set you. You shall know the truth. And this truth will set you free. And they say, we are descendants of Abraham. We are not in bondage anymore. That we, you should set us free. And Jesus responds. I know that you are Abraham's descendants. But you seek to kill me. Because my word has no place in you. Wow. It may not be easy to be sent by the Lord. It may not be easy in the years to come to carry the gospel as it may be right now. But we're seeing shifts and changes. Then they question him again. Are you greater than our father Abraham? Jesus said to them, surely I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Even in a faith context, we can't have confidence in our own legacy. This is the word of the Lord. Even in a faith context, your own legacy can't hold you because he was before. The stewardship of your own legacy is inferior to the work of God here and now when Yeshua is standing right in front of you. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. Even all our spiritual faith and religious systems. He has sovereign authority over. So don't let stewardship become an idol of control. That we are blinded when Jesus is right in front of us. The very spirit of prophecy. And they said, your witness, your witness is not true here. And Jesus replied to them yet another time. I seek to honor my father, but I see that here you dishonor me. Back to Psalm 24. Everything belongs to the Lord. Then he says, now who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And who may stand in his, in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. You see, clean hands cannot produce a pure heart. But a pure heart can inspire clean hands. It's not the same. It's always at the heart. Don't let the fruit of your heart, fruit of your hands cover up for the uncleanness of your heart. This is not a discouraging word. But stand before him, God, purify my heart. In humility, no matter what you're stewarding in your life, your family, your business, you're holding your past, present, and future, who may stand 
in this sovereign place of God's ownership of everything, who may come near to such greatness? It's simple. It's not complicated. It's simply pure hearts that overflow into clean hands. Excellence in the product of our hands, but judgment and criticism of our hearts won't cut it anymore. Excellence in the work of our hands, but manipulative and controlling posture of our hearts won't cut it anymore. Excellence in the fruit of our hands, but self-promoting hidden agendas will not cut it anymore. David writes in another psalm, may the words of my mouth, which is like the works of the hands, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you. Nowhere has the fruit and the product of our mouth or our hands been enough. It's always been the qualification of our heart. Saul, the first king, he stood head and shoulders above the rest. He looked the part. It, didn't, it was not enough. It, it did for some time until God found somebody after his own hands. That's not what it says. I have found someone after my own heart. And a spear came from the hand looking to kill that heart. It may not be easy. So God is calling a tribe of those that have the zeal of God seared in their hearts and an army that have the call of God as a filter for their lives to ascend the hill of the Lord. You see, the context of Psalm 24 is important to understand what's going on because the very next verse says, That person with clean hands and a pure heart, it says he, in verse 5, he shall receive blessings from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. You know why or when Psalm 24 was written? Tradition gives credit to the psalm being written when David and his priests and leaders brought the ark of the presence of the glory of God back to Jerusalem. And in that ecstatic glory, he writes, the earth is the Lord's. And the word is edits in Hebrew. It could have been in his ecstasy as he's bringing the ark back to Jerusalem. Eretz means land. Even today it's called Eretz Israel, the land of Israel. He could have been saying specifically in his context, this land belongs to the Lord, all its fullness. Now who may stand in this holy place? You know why he asked that question? Because Bringing the first plan to bring the ark back was a perfect plan. It was a plan of excellence. It was a plan of perfection. But those hands that grabbed the ark got struck down and killed. So much so that David was so angry against God. Why? This is my priests. Could you not pick on? I mean, so many other evil people on the earth. That poor guy, (laughs) I don't know how many years he had been preparing to do that, bring the ark back as a priest, probably his whole life. Clean hands is not going to cut it. David was angry. 
And they took the ark and put it in this guy, Obed-Edom's house. Obscure family. Somehow, not much is written about Obed-Edom, but we know that he didn't die. But we also know that the blessing of God over a few months began to take over this family because of the ark of the glory of God. And then the news came to to David and they said, David, don't worry about the guy who died, the priest who died. I have new testimony. Remember that family that we put there? And we thought they were going to die too and we put it in their house. God is blessing them. And they have found salvation in God through the Ark of the Covenant being in their home. David jumped up. He says, come on, let's go bring it back to Jerusalem then. I'm imagining that Obed-Edom was simply a tzaddik, a righteous man, a simple-hearted man. Not much going for him, but he had a clean conscience and clean heart toward God and towards people. And he was able to host the glory of God. So much so that God blessed him. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his. David is writing out of this testimony. We know that we have a sense that he was a sadiq, a righteous man who loved God. Because God blessed him in abundance. But when they came to remove the ark and take it back now with this triumphal procession back to Jerusalem, you know what it says? Now Obed-Edom and his entire family went with the ark. He left the blessing of God and followed God. Pure heart, that's what it looks like. Pure heart will cleanse your hand to hold the glory of God. And then it says, this is Jacob's generation. Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. This is a generation that's aligned to God in simplicity. We pray for our youth and our young adults with simplicity of heart, with the zeal of God, burning and having marked our lives so that when you're older, when you're 30, when you're 40, when you're 50, you can say of your life, when I was a young person, I lived radically for God. I'm in my 40s. I won't tell you which part of the 40s I'm in. But I can say confidently, when I was in my youth, I lived sold out for him. Zero regret. Did I mess up? Big time. Did I have trials and troubles? So much of it. But do I have testimonies? Unending. Unending testimonies of the goodness of God. Thank you, Lord. This is Jacob generation. This is also a generation that will be aligned to Israel. And I'm praying that the Western church in this season, that there will be a revelation from God to understand God's redemptive plan concerning Israel and the Jewish people. Don't look to our culture. Don't look to news broadcasts to understand the issues and the political and geographic issues of the Middle East concerning Israel, concerning land, and concerning ownership and inheritance. Don't look there, but look to the Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. So the end of this passage, the ark now is coming back from Obed-Edom's house to Jerusalem. David's there in the front. This is the scene. He's in ecstatic joy. He was in anger before when the priest died. Now he sees the fruit and the blessing of this glory. Now he's in ecstatic dance. Twirling around. This is where he loses his clothes. Dancing. And they come up. They, they sing songs of ascent again. Bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to the gates of Jerusalem. And they come up to the gate. And there's this processional, traditional call and response. They reach the gates of Jerusalem and they say, lift up your heads, oh, you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, so that the king of glory may come in again. This is one of the most profound moments in the history of Israel. The king of glory, it's not just an ethereal presence, an unknown presence. It is the Ark of the Covenant where the glory of God manifests, where he establishes his rule and reign as the king of the earth. So they speak to the gates. Now the gates had several doors that would open. There was a small door that you had to bend down and get through, singular passage. There was another door that groups of people, maybe carts could come, come in and out. But then the massive entire gate structure would open Almost never, because that would make it, make the whole city vulnerable to attacks. When the glory of God comes in this procession, they stand outside the gate and begin to cry out, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Lift the entire gate so that the king may now come back in. Now, I'm, I know I'm talking about our nation in the context of our nation, in the context of Jerusalem as a city, but this is a word for us for 2024. It can have personal application. What are the doors and the gates of your life that you're stewarding, that you are a gatekeeper of? What are the areas of influence that God has given you Watch over. Watchmen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift up your heads, O you gates. And there comes a response from behind the wall, behind the gate. The gatekeepers hear this glorious declaration. And they're like, who could this be? That's making such a demand of our city and of our gates that we have care over. And they say, who is this king of glory that we should open these gates? And they respond back, the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. We know Jesus as a sacrificial lamb who took away the sins of the world. But I am praying in this season that the revelation of the mighty warrior God will come to us as the body of Christ because that is the nature of how he will return. 
Don't miss him when he returns. Different than what we have grown to love. And I'm praying that his might will begin to be seen in our communities. Again, they cry. Lift up your heads or you gates. Be lifted up everlasting doors and the king of glory will come in. And a second time from behind, who is this king of glory that we should open the gates? And they respond a second time, the Lord of hosts. He alone is the king of glory. You see, we enter the gates of God with thanksgiving but he enters our gates with his glory we come to him with thanksgiving and he makes way to enter the gates of God but when we call to him he enters our gates with his glory and I'm praying for our community here that God would perform miracles things that have been closed and shut for decades, for years, that God would begin to break through. In your personal life, in your spiritual life, in the beginning of 2024, a new cycle for your business. What hasn't been till now, I would encourage you, believe the Lord and invite the glory of God in a, in a, in a processional into your dreams for your future relational issues that have been cut off and severed for years. Just this past year, there was a relational issue in, in our own life for Sarah and I. A, our, our first intense betrayal that we have faced. And betrayal had gone to discourage, sadness, discouragement, bitterness and we're family as well it's not bitter it's not betrayal from co-workers or ministry friends or friends or neighbors it's family deep sense of betrayal I could not even look at their picture my heart would just get twisted because we're family we love so deeply and we hate deeply as well we have that liberty within the context of family. And that was beginning to make it have its work in my heart. Hate. Until one night, in his mercy, the Lord came to me, visited me, and his glory came to me in a dream, and he literally healed my heart. In the dream, I'm hugging them, weeping. I love Sarah and I love you. We missed you. And I wake up out of the dream knowing I just had an encounter with this couple that's been broken for almost four and a half, five years, four years maybe. No hope at all. I wake up, I'm laying in bed and I'm like, I, mean, I love them. What I felt in the dream, I'm feeling in the morning. And I'm afraid to move because I'm not confident in my 
heart's capacity that once I start thinking about them a little bit more, my what's been there festering for four years will come back. You see, when the king of glory enters whatever is broken, he heals it. There's no relationship that's too far for him. The very next day, I call them. Can I talk to you on on FaceTime or Zoom? In the afternoon, we set up a call, and I'm already shared the testimony because it's profound, but I'm not confident that when I actually see them, it will be the same on FaceTime. I asked Linda, I was in the office, I asked Linda to pray for me. I'm going into this call and our, our pastors as well. It comes on. What I felt in the dream the night before floods me. He restores my heart. He heals what hasn't been for four years and I had no hope. So what are the gates of your life? That you need him to have grand, grand entry. He's not going to stoop through a small gate. Lift up your hands, oh you gates. Is there a physical, is there a marriage that needs to be healed? He is able to transform into a pure heart. That which is broken, we don't have to figure it out. We just invite him to come in. Is there physical limit issues? Is there incurable, especially this is what I felt as I was preparing this. Incurable sickness, cancer, tumors, blood disorders, autoimmune issues. If that's you, would you raise your hand up? Incurable things. Quite a few. Thank you, Lord. And I'm praying that this year, that this kind of power of God, the glory procession of God would come into this atmosphere, that all incurable, he healed them all. That's what he can do. And I'm tired of praying without hope for every single one. I want to have this confidence that he, the king of glory, has full entrance here in our midst. Full entrance in the gateway of our families. Full entrance to our physical bodies. Can we all stand together? If that's, if that's you with incurable sickness, blood disorders, immune deficiency, even if you're watching online, would you put your hand up? And I want to do this activation, a prophetic activation and declaration from Psalm 24, for 2024. There are a few hands in the back, here in the middle, in the middle here, in the front here, in the front, in the middle here, in the back. Thank you, Lord. And issues that doctors do not know what it is. Undefined. We don't know what's going on in the middle here. Just put your hand up. Let's enter into this promise in the front here. He is more than able. So let's do what a prophetic act, what they did at the gates of Jerusalem. When the ark finally came back, this call and response. I'm going to speak to you, your body, and to those issues that you know. 
And when I'm done, I want you to ask this question, who is this King of glory? And I want the rest of us who don't have our hands up, turn right now, if you, put your hand up if that's you so people can identify. The rest of us, when they say, who is this King of glory? I want us with all our might, declare, stretch your hand over them, or if you need to, declare the Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Ready? So I'm going to speak to all of you who have your hands raised. Lift up your head, oh, you gates. And you ask, who is this King of glory? Who is this King? Let's respond to them. Speak over them. The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. He's not just mighty in battles past. He's not mighty because he's a, he is mighty for your current battle. He's coming into your gates to fight your battle. And if he fights your battle, he's winning this battle. If he fights your battle, there is no opposition that can't stand. Ask the question again, who is this King of glory? And we respond, the Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we speak this over the perimeter of Life Center for 2024. That there is the captain of the Lord of hosts, of the armies of heaven, here, posted angels with flaming swords in the driveway. That when we drive in, that there is the glory of God present on this property, present in your homes. I want to do a couple more calls. I want only the women to stand up. Everyone else can sit down for a brief minute. We're going to do this again. Call and response. This year, there's a call for the women of God. The Esther call. Lou has been trumpeting this and there's a call to do a million women march in D.C. this year. I believe there's going to be more than a million. I believe women are going to come from nations to this gathering. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to speak to the women and those who are sitting can encourage me in the declaration after. So women at Life Center, lift up your heads, oh you gates and be lifted up everlasting doors so that the King of glory may come in and you ask, who is And we declare to them, the Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. If you're a parent of a teenager, 13 to 18, if you're a parent, stand up, both parents. 13 to 18, parents of teenagers. There's a war at your doorstep and there's a war in many, inside many of your homes. Don't sit back. This is not the time to say, oh, we don't, we want to make sure. Step in. You are called 
able to be parents before they were born. Step in and bring in the glory of God, the strength and the authority and the anointing and the call as parents into their lives. Throw away their phones in the Susquehanna if you need to. Do you dare? My kids have come close many times. So parents, lift up your heads in the midst of a deprived culture. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up everlasting doors. And you ask, who is this King of glory? And we surround you and we declare the Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Let's say it again. The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Hallelujah. For our generation. Come on, let's stand together and worship the Lord.
David and Peggy Fitzpatrick. I just pray this over your life for this year. Things that you have been prepared for. There's an enlisting in 2024 because of your preparation. Even greater access to cities and key cities. Not just one, not just two, but many. I see this blueprint of lines connecting key cities around the nation. And I just pray in 2024, in the Jewish calendar, this year since September is the year of the open door. And in Psalm 24, as we come into a new year, it's the gate and there's a doorway opening. Something is of heaven and earth is meeting here. So I bless you as a couple. You've been faithful in the preparation. And God says, now is the time that I can call you as those that have been diligently prepared for such a time as this. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We bless. Kari and Amy, Lane, your family, you are like an Obed-Edom family. Kari's in the back in the, with the blue. You are an Obed-Edom family. You have seen, you have tasted, you have touched the presence of God, and you have said to each other, we want all of it. We're leaving everything to follow. Whatever, wherever this ark of his presence goes, we, me, us, for as for me and my family, we will serve and follow the Lord. So I bless the increase. I bless the increase of the glory of God in your life. You see, the testimony of Obed-Edom was that once they followed the ark to Jerusalem, his sons became the gatekeepers of the temple of his presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I bless Sarah's oldest brother who is here with us, Rocket. You can kick me later for calling you out. He's visiting. He's from Brazil, but looking to relocate to the U.S. He's a creative genius, creative director, executive coach. But I just pray, can we just stretch our hands out to him? This has been a, a clean hands, pure heart pursuit season for him. And the glory of God is around you, Rock, to lead you, to establish you, all of your all of his paths for you drip with abundance that's what psalm says so i just ask god that you would crown him right now crown him with your goodness and let it overflow into all the unknown that is ahead we speak this blessing from our house over him in yeshua's name thank you lord for ezra smucker thank you for this young man called by God. There's a call on you. Just lift your hand so we know, people know who you are in the white shirt. You have the stature of King Saul, but the heart of King David. And there's a beautiful combination of both that is visible and that is inward. May the words of my mouth 
and the meditations of my heart. Let it be pleasing. This is your story and this is your song. I just bless because of the purity of your heart and the purity of your pursuit. He will bless the works of your hands. So I bless. Come on, just stretch out to this young man. He has great vision. We've talked before. God, we bless Ezra right now with the increase of the glory of God over his life in 2024 will be a year that marks your marks you I was going to say your family whoa whoa that marks you with great purpose <laughs> hallelujah hallelujah thank you Lord come on let's just all put our hands out to the Lord God here we are king of glory have your entrance come in at the beginning of the year the start of 2024 come in and establish your rule and your reign in my life, in all that I steward, in all of our businesses. Thank you, Lord. Jeremy and Grace, I pray over you that 2024 will be a year of restoration, but it's not backward restoration. This is a beautiful picture. It's It's forward restoration. Thank you, Lord. All things will be healed and whole and restored and full of shalom. Nothing broken, nothing missing ahead. Thank you, Lord. And all of your business ventures will prosper exceedingly abundantly more than you could ask or imagine. Not according to the month and numbers, but according to the entrance of the glory of God. Thank you, Lord. Come on, we receive it as a group. We receive it for Life Center. All of our friends at home, we receive it. Can we all just give the Lord a great shout of praise for the new year? Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. 